Hello and welcome to Running With Problems. I'm Miranda. I'm John. Uh, Running With Problems is a podcast about the intersection of running and relationships and everything in between. And we have an exciting guest today, Leanna Christopher, and she is from San Diego, California. She's part of several run groups, and she's dated several runners and non-runners and been part of run club drama and all of the works. So you have an exciting episode today learning from her and really her experiences with navigating running relationship. Yeah, she's a good friend of both of ours, more you than me, but um, I've known her since I've met you and she's an amazing person and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to our conversation. Um, But first, uh, a quick check-in. How are you doing, Miranda? How is your running going? I've been enjoying running. I've uh, made a couple of new running girlfriends. Oh, yes. Yes, which has been really exciting for me because as we chat about in the episode, I think it mentions that I'm a girl's girl. Definitely. And I love running with strong women. I feel like there's... There's nothing more thrilling than being out on a trail with a couple other badass women that can just take 19 miles like champs. So I'm very, very excited about these new girlfriends of mine. And and some of them are new, but some of them are old. You, It was kind of uh, like Providence. You ran into one of them randomly. Yeah. When, when you were out running with, uh, with the, one of our groups, normal groups. Yeah, that's right. I ran into, reconnected with one of them, and then we ended up sharing 10 miles together that day. I kind of peeled off from the other group and shared some miles with her. And now you're going to run for like the third weekend in a row with them? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. And how about you? What's new with you? I know what's new with you. Share with our our audience Uh, what's going on. I just, uh, this past weekend... Was a started and was able to finish the fifty mile version of the Nye Watts Challenge for the fourth time in my fifth attempt. Uh, Nye Watts is a Barkley style, and I I guess I have to explain what that is, but <laughs> it is a bushwhacking, off trail, vertical adventure. Navigated purely by map and compass, no technology allowed. Uh, Nywance takes place in the mountains west of Denver, and it is an amazing event. It, I mean, I discovered it five years ago, you know, trying to claw my way into even thinking about running the Barkley marathons someday. If you don't know what the Barkley is, I highly suggest you go watch the documentary, The Barkley Marathons, The Race That Eats Its Young. It's well worth your time. Uh, I had dreamed of running Barkley. I guess now we're getting into that story, but I'll try to hurry it up. But I had dreamed of running Barkley for a long time. And Nywats for me was a stepping stone to get to Barkley initially. But then I fell in love with Nywats, the race itself. And I've run it every year since. Um, It's near and dear to my heart. Uh, It took me 27 hours and 10 minutes to navigate 50 miles of the uh, mountainous terrain and Colorado here and uh it's very small just so you get an idea of like the size we had 12 starters this year which was bigger than last year um and we're talking about how to make more starters maybe this podcast will help uh get (laughs) people interested if if you really want to 
you know, test your limits and, and find some real true beauty out there and maybe some toughness. Uh, check out Watts Challenge. It's put on my Human Potential Running Series. A uh, race director named John LaCroix. We'll actually have him on sometime. He'll be a guest for us. Oh, that will be an episode to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's how we're doing. I'm, I'm recovering from my adventure and taking it easy running. And I surprised him at the finish line. Oh, that was wonderful. And just also so you get a picture, the finish line is like one pop-up tent. And like two guys cooking some food, so it wasn't it wasn't like this giant um, affair fanfare. It was no. very small, and um, I showed up there to watch him finish, and it was really nice to watch him come in because he was just so happy. I was so happy to see Miranda there. No one in my five years has ever come down to see me finish, and I watched. Uh, it's not a particularly easy race to to spectate, um, and it's it's so far out of the way. It's about it's over an hour away from our house, um, and so just seeing Miranda there, the effort she made to come out and see my finish there, it really made my day. Um, there's more to discuss if you want to hear more about it. I wrote a race report. It's on my website, JohnEisen.me. Um, maybe we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. I guess we should kick off the episode. Yeah, you're about to hear from Leanna, as I said. Her and I have trained for multiple races together, including Big Sur Marathon and um, a race in Laguna Hills, one of my favorite, called Who's in El Moro, a 25K. No, what's in El Moro? Who's? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Running With Problems. Today we are joined here with Leanna, one of my good friends from San Diego, Leanna, I would love an introduction. I'd love for you to explain to our audience a little bit about yourself as a runner and a little bit about the run communities you're a part of. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. So we've been friends, run friends for quite a number of years. Um, My journey with running was really, I'm a teacher, I'm an educator. And so when I started teaching, I was pouring myself into my classroom and my passion and my heart was there, but I was burning out fast as new teachers typically do. And I just knew I needed something outside of that. I needed a life that wasn't only teaching because I needed to offer something more of myself and have a piece of me that wasn't that to offer. So I uh, went with a girlfriend. She's like, let's check out this run group. And so we did. And which run group? So I was living in Orange County at the time. So it was a run group up there. Um, They ran around the back bay of Newport and it's a beautiful estuary and just really scenic. And um, it's where the Orange County Marathon uh, course is now. And we showed up and I thought, this is stupid. Eight o'clock on a Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I fell in love with the community and I made friends and there was coffee at the end. And then that part I really, 
So I met friends at coffee. I decided, hey, this is cool. I'll try this again. But those people that I liked were the five mile people. And at the time I could barely run a mile and a half. And I was 24 and I thought to myself, like, there's no way at the age of 24 that I should, I should be able to run at least three miles. So that was my goal. I was going to run three miles. I was going to go back to that group and keep going to coffee until I ran my three miles, which of course turned into five because that was who I made friends with, which then turned into we're all signing up for a half marathon. And anybody who's a runner knows that's how, that's how the story. Yeah. Exponential growth. Yeah. So I was running up there. Yeah. And then when I moved to San Diego for a teaching position, my first thing was I I need to find another run community like that. I need another group of people that I love to spend my time with that's outside of my career that I can just pour a lot of heart and love into and quickly met a bunch of people, um, including Miranda and got in the San Diego groups. And how would you describe the San Diego group you're a part of? So I am part of a various different, a variety of different groups. Um, yes. the main, my, my heart, my love is Milestone Running Group. They are based out of the store, Milestone Running, which is has two locations, one in PB and one in um, North Park. And in North Park, just the community is amazing. Everybody gets together, whether you're a fast or slow runner, whether you're um, there for a few miles or for just a ton, um, or it's a piece of a longer training that you have going on with your run. It's like, it's just a place for everybody to meet on the common thread of running, um, whatever. And it's just a place where people belong. So I love Milestone, but I also frequent OB Run Club similar vibe everybody's welcome everybody gets to come and enjoy the gorgeous san diego beaches and um then in addition to that i have a boyfriend who has a run community and i've dabbled into his groups as well and people that are um connected through his run um run communities i i've definitely enjoyed my time with all those groups with the uh, milestone mm-hmm. and ob little bit little bits of runs here there yeah <laughs> even though yeah. some of them aren't even my style. And we're a part of a sort of interesting run click um, mm-hmm. as well, Leanna, about yes. 13 folks, and they're all very different paces. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that they join together as a click and no one seems to be able to run together. <laughs> but we all really love each other. We're all text thread every day. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And I saw you're meeting up for drinks after this, even <laughs> with the group. Yes. <laughs> so um, we're a podcast about running and relationships. And so I would like to know a little bit from your perspective, do you find the run clubs that you're a part of to be dramatic? <laughs> um, yes. Um, I mean, anytime you get a group of people that spend a good amount of quality time together, there's going to be drama. Um, (laughs) The nature of human relationships in any form, whether you're running or doing any other kind of thing. Um, But uh, I've definitely found some of my deepest friendships, some of my loyal um, connections in life have come out of that. And a lot of drama has also ensued. What do you, what do you think it is about running that like 
allows you to create such deep connection, but also, you know, I mean, on the flip side of that is such deep uh, loss and drama and all that. So yeah. like, what, what, what is running? Is, is running just the one thing that brings us together and we would have these deep relationships regardless, or is it something about running that uh, makes it more likely to happen? Yeah, so I, I'd like to tell people that aren't runners when I explain why I like to run, um, because it's a mystery to many non-runners why mm-hmm. I to this. Um, there's a magic when you are side by side with someone and you don't have to look at them. The, the whole awkwardness of eye contact is off the table. Um, it's just you and the other person coming into step and into sync. You're coming through this world at the same pace and you just fall into conversation. Um, I think that's the basis of Miranda and I's friendship starting was we started on a run. We met up together with a group that was um, a little disjointed and we just started running and found that we wanted to stop and cheer for a race that was happening that same day. We enjoyed that. And then on our way, we got, or on our way back, we got lost, (laughs) but it was step-by-step conversation without the pressure of what is this person thinking about me or I'm not even looking at them. I'm just moving forward. Left foot, right foot, repeat. And it just puts you into a trance or a rhythm where you just start talking and it opens up a pathway. Um, And I've had that experience repeatedly again and again with friends. And it's just such a bonding thing that you can find common ground, whether you have a lot of it or just a little bit you find it when you're running side by side yeah I mean I like that point about eye contact anybody who's had a long mm-hmm. conversation with me knows I can barely hold eye contact um, <laughs> but you can side by side run and chat and that, absolutely I know I've run along with I you I think also <laughs> I think also running together also allows for like natural silences where if you're sitting across from each other at a restaurant that's so awkward to allow that natural pause so you you have a tendency to try to fill that that space where when you're running you can just allow that to like live there and you can think about things and process things and then move on to the next conversation well there's a deeper connection when you're finding your breath together or you're finding your footing together or you're or eating- getting lost in our case. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is well, the theme. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of getting lost, I think I think every run has a low point. And it's a low point that is probably lower than you experience in regular hanging out time. And mm. when you're with people during low points, whether that's like sort of just a five mile run low point, or this is like a hundred mile run, like the total bottom of your soul low point, you're yeah. with somebody when you're at your lowest of that period those can really create connection because you it's hard to cover up your real self when you're low I love that John like that's exactly what I've experienced you just you get that bond and that connection when you journey through the hard things together and you're literally journeying like my feet hurt my legs hurt my lungs hurt you're going through that same suffering together and when you suffer together you are absolutely bonded so Really spot on there. Do you and Phil, your current um, boyfriend, run together? We do. Um, he and I are at different paces. He's much quicker than me. Um, but that is a point of connection for us. And I'll meet him on a um, cool down day or on a day where he needs to just get miles in but doesn't need to worry about his pace. Um, and 
we have some of our best connections and our best conversations on our end. Oh, th this was interesting. Our our question of the week last week mm -hmm. was was on a couple who didn't run the same pace and they found it divided them. And then mm -hmm. you just mentioned that that's not true for you. Um, it, have you ever experienced a time when your different paces divided you or and had to work through that? Or has it always been something that like, hey, we share running and that's enough? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I've dated a lot of runners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and in most cases, they were all faster than me. And I have fine, I may fuse with that, that's fine. Um, I feel like I've gotten that down. What I realized is that um, recently I suffered an injury during a training season with a big group of friends. We were all running the same marathon and suddenly I was slower than my girlfriends. Mm. That was difficult. I would say that that was even more difficult than in a romantic relationship being at different pace because what we once shared, we couldn't. And there was a loss that I suffered because I was the one that had to pull back and be at a different pace and run alone. And I'm a social runner. Yeah knew that they were sharing what I know and love about running, which is that camaraderie, that suffering together. And they were all at similar paces that I used to be and I no longer could be. Um, and I, I felt that. And it was hard. Um, I definitely felt myself withdraw. And I felt myself pull a little bit away. And we had to find connection as friends in different ways with wine night or with just like meeting up to go shopping together or we found other places in our friendship to connect, but that, that was really hard for me specifically. Um, yeah. But I um, recently, Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Inter I'm de derailing us a bit, but we recently had a friend who needed um, open heart surgery and she was a runner, a really good runner too, okay. really fast, really strong ultra runner. And she needed full on open heart surgery and story we'll have to tell that one time that was we'll have to have her on that was something we as a community did for her is we were like okay well let's go for a walk and she could barely even do that because she had to watch her heart rate it couldn't get above yeah. a certain level mm -hmm. so we we had a couple evenings where we went for a walk and had dinners but it was it was I'm not gonna lie as someone on the other end it was an extra effort, an extra challenge where, where the relationship and the connection hadn't, ha there hadn't been that effort before because we knew we were going to see each other every Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to reach out a little more when, when things yeah. grow apart. It's true. And well, and that's true of every relationship, right? Whether it's your friend, whether it's your romantic relationships, your effort level matters. Um, mm -hmm. But romantically, I think just each time I've met someone, one of the first things you find out is what is your pace? It's one of those like introduction questions. <laughs> when oh, normal a, people date, they say, what do you do for a living? When you date a runner, you're like, what is your pace? <laughs> um, Miranda, so, do you have a good story then? Oh my gosh. When I moved to um, Boulder pretty early on, uh, I joined a Denver running club and <laughs> someone from that running club wrote me on Facebook and he was trying to chat with me. And then mm -hmm. eventually in the thread, he's like, so what's your pace? And I just was like, no. <laughs> just no. I'm not answering that. We're done here. 
That's so funny. Um, I'm an ultra runner. I'm not talking that, about this. That is such a really random question. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're all real truthful, we're always like, oh, let's look them up online or let's look them up on Facebook. Honestly, let me see what they're finding. They're up on all trails. Or we look each other up and like, oh, how, what did you finish that race in? <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, to touch on what you were saying, I think just having that expectation from the start of we're not going to run together, um, yeah. we do, then it's an extra benefit or it's a treat, but yet we can share the common ground of, I understand what you're talking about. And I understand what you've like experienced because I experienced that too. And then we can enjoy the same joys of races and we can still run the same races, just not at the same time. Um, which we've done now twice, but, um, yeah, I just think that a really important thing in any relationship is to have that understanding of expectation. Um, yes, absolutely. As paces change, then expectations change. And as an athlete yourself, you are always constantly readjusting that understanding of who you are and how you are performing as an athlete. And in a relationship, it's no different right? You have to constantly be checking in and assessing like, where are we at? What's it like? How, how's our health? How's our, how are we doing? Yeah, absolutely. And have you had challenges dating non-runners, finding that common ground where they understand you're running? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I can see that being difficult. I think that in the experience I've had of dating non-runners, it's a point of respect and understanding. Mm -hmm. It's an early, you know, as you're getting to know someone, you can't get to know me and not know that piece of me. Um, yeah. Anybody I've dated has known that that's a huge component of my life. And it's been established, like, this is how the rhythms are. And we've worked our own rhythms around that as we've gotten to know one another. So I haven't really run up against that being a challenge in my life personally, but I can see how that can be really hard because it's a big part of your life as a runner mm -hmm. um, up in the morning to go through the routine, to go through the training schedule, to live that life. And when you don't share that common ground, it can be, it can be hard to find that, that connection in that way. But there's also a lot of joy that I found in my relationships with non-runners um, where I can share it. And I think their enthusiasm and their excitement for it is part of what makes the relationship healthy. And if they weren't, there's then no hope of that relationship going very, very far. Yeah, at some level, you have to be interested in what your partner's interested in. Yeah, or, or at least... You're not sharing anything. Yeah, at least, you know, hear them out or listen to them or be participatory in the conversation that you have together as you share. That very much relates to our question we have today that we'll mm. we'll tackle here shortly. But yeah, that relates to it. Talking about whether or not your partner is able to listen to you um, talk mm. about gloves for hours on end. Oh, <laughs> I can talk about gloves. Oh, I can talk about gloves. <laughs> Would you like to talk about trail shoe outsoles? <laughs> That's John's dirty talk. <laughs> How Come. about how about wind and waterproof layers? We could go on and on. <laughs> Miranda, are you excited about this? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm riveted. Miranda has listened to 
thousands of hours of me talking about Barkley marathons, thousands. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then after I ran it, she had to listen to everyone else talk about it in our lives. (laughs) Because for the weeks around that race, literally every conversation we were involved in had the Barkley come up. Miranda can endure quite a lot of talking about a single running subject, even if she doesn't share 100% interest in it. Uh. <laughs> this isn't to say that she was, she was incredibly supportive of my effort at my training, um, but it does get old after a while. I would say that Leanna and I align very much as runners where we very much enjoy running and the community aspect of it. And the whole time we're running, we very rarely talk about running. Yeah, it's true. So uh, this is an interesting question. <laughs> but so, we've been in conversations or runs where other people are, and then we'll like slower pace or we'll speed our pace up to just like get back to the, or whatever we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, let's escape this. <laughs> so like uh, me and like a bunch of runners I know, like, Miranda calls us like trail nerds or, or running nerds, mm-hmm. like people who'd like, like a road running nerd be somebody who's like diving into every split pace and, you know, trail running nerds. We just talk about like, oh, this trail connects this trail and you can run this trail all the way to there. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but Miranda is this, has, gets this joy from running with community, right? She, I mean, almost exclusively gets her joy from running through community. And I was wondering what kind of like, what, what brings you joy in running? Is, is it community? Um, other options that I know of are like, you know, personal challenge, like challenging yourself is always a great thing you can get out of running or, uh, you know, going on a long adventure. Uh, you have been known to go on an adventure or two in your time. I have with you. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's evolved over time. That's the beauty of it. It started out as a community thing. I did not really care about running. I cared about the coffee people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what got me started. I loved that aspect. And I loved the friendships I was building. And the, my desire to run was my desire to be with those people longer. And then they wanted to keep going longer. So I kept running longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I was never an athlete or a, a runner in high school. I was never a runner in college. I mean, so many people I interact with now they have all these track stories I never ran track or cross country or I discovered this in my need in my career to expand my life outside of what I was doing every day um so yeah like Miranda said my my origin story was pure community and when Mm I moved the desire to run was pure community um but then as I faced different life struggles I found the absolute like nourishment that running gave to me during those seasons of difficult and it became therapeutic and then running became goal oriented. And all of a sudden now I wanted to run a marathon in a certain pace, or I wanted to be able to reach this X, Y, Z goal. And then that changed me as a person. It changed me into more of an athlete um, where I started off just as a social runner and I've, I've teetered between both. Um, and then in the last year, I found myself with injury, having to take a backseat to my competitive nature that I've developed and mm. as an athlete, and I've turned it back into being a social experience, um, a little bit more as the primary um, reason for my running. So it's evolved. Very wow. interesting. 
yeah, I mean, I think it has to evolve at some level, but I really enjoy mm-hmm. that, like telling that story about, you know, mm-hmm. starting with one aspect and making it about another aspect as maybe the first aspect lessened a little bit um, mm-hmm. and that balance changes, but still, you still have community. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes it's just like plain old peer pressure. Like Miranda, <laughs> let's run Big Sur and we're going to raise a bunch of money. Okay. So we did. And that race was more about like um, fundraising and learning the aspects of how to coordinate that with your training and incorporate um, social justice into your passions athletically and combining those efforts. So I just feel like there's been so many different avenues of enjoying your, your run journey um, throughout the years. Yes. Oh, I really love, I really loved the combination of the fundraising and raising money for a cause and running, Mm -hmm. which I've done quite a bit throughout Mm -hmm. my, my run journey early on. Yeah. Um, Shall we tackle our question now? I think we've brought up some good points that we can tie back to this question and, um, Feel free to share personal stories that relate to this question uh, as well. Anna, we're gonna are we gonna tr- do a try and b- better job of validating? <laughs> I felt that last week we didn't do a very good job of validating the question askers' experience. Specifically, Miranda feels that I was dismissive of their <laughs> point of view, and I will attempt to be less dismissive. So if you're curious okay. what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode one with Nathan. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. This is a, this is a beautiful story, so I'm just going to go ahead and read this. Mm-hmm. My friend and I were nearly three hours into a Saturday morning run through the Redwoods in Oakland Hills. We're both in our 40s, both have two kids, and have spouses who woke up alone sometime after we left our houses in the pre-dawn hours to run. My friend also happens to be a guy and attractive. We share a mutual admiration for one another as runners, and I didn't want our feelings towards each other to escalate. I'm conscious of maintaining boundaries with friends because a decade earlier, I became inappropriately entangled with another married runner. And I vowed never to repeat a mistake that nearly cost me my marriage. Alone in the wilderness over miles of single track, he and I talked enthusiastically about training and the nuances of ultra marathon preparation. Gossip about so-and-so's Strava data gave way to debating the contents of drop bags and the elevation profiles of different race courses, topics that would have made our spouse's eyes glaze over. Why is it, I asked him, that the races I'm dying to do are out of state in late August and early September? I can't get away from the kids. They're transitioning back to school. I know, he commiserated, it sucks. Suddenly he stopped abruptly, looked at his watch and dropped an F-bomb. He had to turn back to get home to his wife, he said, because if I don't, she'll bitch me out again. Wait, they said F-bomb, but then you said bitch? (laughs) His his voice had an edge of hostility that alarmed and saddened me. How would his wife feel, I wondered, knowing her husband spoke about her critically while he was running with someone else's wife? Their marriage is in trouble, I thought to myself. 
Then with a twinge of guilt, I realized that I was testing the limits of my husband's patience and trust once again. Is mine too? I considered asking my friend about what was going on between him and his wife, but I've learned the hard way how that kind of talk between running partners can lead to bonding that some psychologists call an emotional affair, a connection in which you want to share details with the other runner that you don't want to share with your partner. So instead, I encouraged my friend to go back. We ran a good amount, I said. I want to get home to Morgan anyway. We have fun stuff planned this afternoon. Then we went our separate ways. My friend and I hardly are hardly alone in struggling to balance a passion for trail running and for running-related friendships with a commitment to our loved ones. Often conflict arises when one's partner's casual interest in trail running develops into a much greater commitment and the other partner doesn't participate in the sport and only grudgingly tolerates it. So this person's question is, how to balance running friendships with the gender you're attracted to Mm -hmm. and your commitment to your partner who is not interested in running. So, yeah, first of all, we're going to, I just want to totally validate the runners and say that Oakland Hills, the Redwoods, they're absolutely beautiful. I've never had the opportunity to run there. Have you guys ever run there? I have. Yeah, yeah. my family lived in the East Bay, so I have run the Oakland Hills, and I have a beautiful picture in my mind as you read that. Um, yeah, I have definitely have run a few few uh, times there as well. So that's your validation <laughs> is validating that you run beautiful trails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> validating the letter writer. Yeah, I think it's a very difficult. Um, it's a difficult question to answer. Um, my wife left me for a climbing partner, so I certainly know um, that these things happen. Uh, and we, I don't entirely know how to answer the question first off, but it it's totally like, it's a very valid question because mm-hmm. it is a difficult situation when you spend that much time together. We open this discussion by talking about how running Bonds us. Bonds us. Yeah. And, and when you're with someone who you claim to be attracted to <laughs> and uh, you f- feel a bond between you two, that will create a relationship. Uh, and that relationship, um, you know, w- will it escalate? Will it not? I think that's up to the people involved. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how much control sometimes that we have as humans once you f- lay the foundation. So I think it's a very difficult problem. So it's one validating. <laughs> good job. That was excellent. Um, it's a good question. Um, I think it goes beyond running and it goes to the basis of what is a what is your relationship together. Um, so my current partner and I, um, we both have really intimate relationships and running relationships with the opposite gender, the gender that we're attracted to. Um, yeah. My boyfriend, Phil, he has many women that he runs with um, that are very close friends at his pace. And their relationship is extremely important. Um, mm-hmm. And same with me. I have male running partners that I run with on a regular basis that are very close and very intimate. Um, but define intimate. I mean, I think that both of us respect 
one another's um, need for that person. Um, and I think that was one of actually Phil and I's earliest conversations. And um, he, he came to me with that question because he knew that his relationships were deep and meaning and important and necessary and existing before I came into the picture. And it definitely has been a problem within the run community and within mm-hmm. communities. And we've seen that. So we, we talked about that. And he and I had a conversation very early on where like, I think we validated each other and our need for that, but also our respect for one another of this is where it stops. This is where it, you know, our relationship is friendship. It's confidence. It's important. But we also share that with that person we share with our partner. Um, And I think that that was really an important step um, where I'll, I won't get the whole story because I honor his confidence that he has earned with his running partners. Um, He doesn't tell me all things, but he keeps me informed to the point where I don't feel like I'm left out. And I think the thing that he and I have done really well is develop relationships with each other's people. Um, Uh. I have runners in his life and I have relationships with them. And I say, hello, because we cross each other's paths, of course, at run events and um, not, not always because our run communities are not all intertwined, but they for sure have overlap. And when we see each other, um, I feel connected. I feel, I don't feel out of the loop. I don't feel like I am an outsider. And Phil has done a really wonderful job of making sure I'm not an outsider. Yeah. Without breaking the bonds that he's made and created. And I, I think that that's really tricky and really challenging because it involves a lot of trust. And I know that among our friends, not everybody feels like that. And I know that there's been a lot of break of, oh, I don't want you to be friends with that person anymore. Or I don't want you to be in relationship necessarily. Or I don't want you to go by yourself with them. And I think every couple has a different level of boundary. Um, and also, Phil and I have messed up on that to the point of where I've like, we were in an argument or a tiff one night and I brought it up and I was like, well, you talked to that person and I, the core issue wasn't that he talked to that person the core right. issue was not. I had a had a spat that we needed to solve and yeah um and it really had nothing to do with that person but I it was an easy target it was an easy weapon and I think that that becomes a real big challenge too is when you have a passion for something like running you love that with a lot of emotion and feeling, and you're having a lot of an emotional feeling with your with your partner. And if you're in a point of conflict, that can escalate it easily because it's an easy target. Um, yeah. It's an easy sore spot to, to but ultimately wow. down to the trust that you have. Do you have trust? Do you yeah. have an established sense of like a security in the boundaries that you've set? And have you shown repeatedly that you've honored that? And in our letter writers um, instance, it's tough, especially because she has um, violated those boundaries before. Mm -hmm. um, And she's working to rebuild that, but there's always that question there. Mm -hmm. I think you bring up a good point. I mean, you bring up a lot of good points, but uh, one of them... (laughs) want to discuss is this idea of making friends with 
your partner's running partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anytime you're creating extra like primary relationship relationships, and if you're worried about if anybody in the relationship is worried about uh, affairs or or just um, things growing too close, if that's a thing that people are worried about, um, I think that like making those friendships and creating that third connection, I think that goes a long way to um, just like demystifying the connection between these two people, right? In your head, you should just go ahead. Oh yeah, no, especially if you're not a runner. Like if you're not a runner and then you can build a connection with your partner's running person in a different way. Maybe you bond over cooking, maybe you bond over reading, whatever it might be. If you can find another shared bond yeah, in a small instance of like enjoying drinks one evening or over dinner one night, I think that that is tremendously helpful. Cause like you said, John, it demystifies. Yeah, absolutely. You imagine I, in I your should... head because what you imagine is always worse than what the reality can be. I definitely should note that like my personal solution to this problem is I just, I just 100% trust that Miranda, um, if she really wanted to sleep with one of those people, she would, she would leave me and like, go do that. And then I would, I would be better off for not having someone who didn't want to be with me. Um, like, I mean, I just, uh, that's how I solve this problem, but I think that's, that's invalidating. I mean, well, what they, you're saying like, is like, that like, oh, I can disengage, like, it's fine. But I think the goal yeah. of main engaged. Yes. Is to then, you know, dig deep and figure out like, what is the, what is the feelings I'm having? What's happening here? Yeah, exactly. Cause it can create like, if, like, does this person writing in actually, you know, so feel somewhat love or her running partner of 10 years or, or how long they've been running together. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. Well, she mentioned he was attractive and he was the same age and similar life. But and- she, she keeps a, She keeps an artificial boundary, right? She didn't want to ask him about his personal relationship because it would, it would go past the boundary. I do experience this, not with relationships, mm-hmm. but I, I experience this at work, right? Like anytime like things at work could uh, lead to a boundary being crossed. Like I, I pull way back and I'm just keep it to work stuff. Right. Like, mm-hmm. even if the question isn't, um, like, even if it would, it was like a comment, like the, like the, uh, writer had, where it's like somebody just complaining about their wife. Right. Like, I'm not going to ask another question because that could lead to, um, a situation mm-hmm. where I become too close with the coworker and, um, mm-hmm. This has been, is, I've had a problem in the past, like I, where two people grew too close and it became an improper situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very cognizant of that moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that like, like the way she's created this artificial boundary mm-hmm. with her relationship with this person, I mean, it's, a, it's an effective tool to prevent yeah. moving past the line that she's afraid of this isn't to say that she could ask she could definitely ask her friend hey what's going on Mm -hmm. are you you guys okay yeah and not you know suddenly leave her husband but (laughs) but what she I think the point she was making though in the article was that like if I had asked that it would open the door to more intimate conversation which would have led to more bonding which would have led to more feelings 
Um, that's what she was trying to create a boundary for that. I don't want to go down that path because it might lead to more feelings. Um, whereas kind of sad, like it is. So what I, what I gathered from her, her story is that she doesn't know her running partner's partner. Um, because she immediately questioned, are they okay? And if Mm. you relationship with both people, you might have more insight on that from both sides, maybe. Um, and one of the things you mentioned earlier, Miranda, we share a text thread of like 13 people. Most of yes. us, all of us have a partner. Um, and in that we all know each other's partners. We're all part of that. And yes. so have, you know, a, a really close relationship with one of the, you know, people that I'm, or the, the opposite gender in that group but I'm also just as engaged with their partner. And that I think is tremendously like poignant, I guess. Well, yes, I actually agree with that a lot. And and Mm -hmm. you and I would also never disrespect someone else's relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and what I mean by that is we would never text this guy friend late Mm -hmm. at night, just him. We'd Mm -hmm. never... Um, go out of our way to pull him aside for a side conversation that excluded mm-hmm. his wife. There are just mm-hmm. certain behaviors we would mm-hmm. never engage in because yeah. we very much value his partnership and his relationship because it's mm-hmm. important to him. Yeah. I've, uh, I've never been the object of somebody's jealousy in this manner, but have either of you ever been? Oh my gosh, do we have a story? <laughs> <laughs> This is what we talk about. So for hours and hours of your Barkley conversation, this is Miranda and I's hour. <laughs> I had a good running friend, actually, a really good running friend who Leanna was also running friends with of the opposite gender, a ma- male. And um, we both at different points tried to befriend his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and at different points, she decided to hate both of us mm-hmm. um, for no fault of really our ours, but mm-hmm. it was definitely her partner's fault for not, um, for not uh, keeping with the boundaries that she set for him or that they had within their relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't really know all of the details, but um, she got to the point where he was forbidden to ever run with me Um <laughs> Forbidden to text me. She would check his phone t- to see what he was texting me. Aye. So. Uh, and, like, how did that make you feel in terms of, like, did you feel like you ever had crossed a boundary? Or yeah. was it all his or there? I felt like I had inadvertently crossed boundaries because he was would do things like go on a long run with me and then refuse to take a picture, a group picture, because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be caught on a run with me. And so, yeah, so I felt like I was being, um, because I invited him on the run, but then he wouldn't tell his girlfriend so I was being a culprit in his deceit, but I really did. It wasn't my fault. Like I didn't purposely. <yeah, yeah, but then her, her, her the object of her anger was you and me. I. 
Yeah, we were we became you specifically more so than me. I yeah. the intro. Like I think she tested the waters of like, can I get away with Xing her out? Then I'm an X them all out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I never really pattern. understood that. that went. Like the person she should be upset with is herself and her boyfriend. Yeah, that's not how girl relationships tend to always unfold, unfortunately. Uh, so did you find, you're right, John. <laughs> did you find that uh, in future relationships of a similar kind that you were more reticent to create connection with somebody who had a partner? No, I just be more aware of like how to do so in a healthy way and just feeling out like, are you... Are we good? Are we healthy? Cool. Great. We'll move forward. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I became more aware of those um, those dynamics if they started to look like they were going to be present and avoid them. Mm-hmm. I'm also, as John says, a girl's girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm much more likely to befriend the girlfriend and then totally forget about the boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's not a usual... Uh, a problem I have very often anymore. Just run with all the girls. Yeah, just run with all the girls. Saves all the drama. Of in today's <laughs> day and age, that won't protect you from any relationship drama. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Great. So do we have any final thoughts for this letter writer? I think we've covered what to do and what not to do. <laughs> I, I think she's... I mean, in her world, in the world that's constructed around her with two mm-hmm. kids, uh, a husband who doesn't run, um, a running partner who is in the same situation, I think she's doing the, a good thing, right? She's doing a reasonably correct thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's imperfect. Like, she's going to experience a loss because she's not as close with her running partner as she could be because she feels that she could be closer, like she feels it. That's why she wrote the article, but she can't be right. And I don't feel that it's wrong. It's just a loss. It's a, it's a missed, it's a two trains passing in the night, right? It's a missed relationship. Um, and she'll never develop that relationship to the full that it could be. And that, that'll be a loss for her, but it's not, it's a loss she's willing to accept because mm-hmm. it helps protect something she cares about more, which is her, her relationship to her husband, which has been tested previously. And uh, so I, I don't fault her for her decisions. I, I do think it is a loss, and she probably should accept that it is a loss. And um, at some point, they'll have to stop running with each other. Well, there was some concrete advice from Leanna, which was incorporate um, this relationship into your marriage as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, could, they could become all friends, you know. Exactly. Um, so I think they're... they're isn't this uh, like all hope is lost of becoming closer to this person. Um, And she also wasn't saying that their relationship was unsatisfying as it was. She very much enjoyed running with him. No, I, I didn't mean to say that it was unsatisfying or I, I, it's just, it's not full. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, she, she, the whole conceit of the article is that, she feels that the relationship could be more. Yeah. Like that's yeah. The, between the lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and she's making a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing my, my husband over 
building this relationship, even though I don't know if this relationship would cause an affair. Yeah. I just, right. but I, I'm, I'm choosing, you know, I, so I guess my advice would just be understand that that's the choice she's making. And, and also understand that choice. that might be her good choice. That might, yeah. like, I think it's a relationships yeah. as a runner are absolutely important, but relationships with your partner that you've chosen also deserving of nurture. Um, we didn't touch on this at all. Later on in the article, though, it talks about like, where do I want to put my energy and my focus? And am I willing to do that to the emotional needs of my partner? Or do I want to put that into my running and making me a better runner? And that's a question you have to ask as an athlete, as a person in a relationship. Um, and ultimately, that makes your choice too for you. Like, where, where does your heart want to go? If it's towards your relationship, it's pouring into that, then you need to pour into that. If it's towards your running, then, then your focus isn't towards your relationship. And there's some questions you should have asked about your relationship then in that case. I, mean, I, I think that question could be an entire question. That could be like a whole other podcast. Yeah. yeah. We're just turning up I the mean, pot again. <laughs> my short answer is both. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't forget about yourself and you can't forget about your relationship because they feed back into each other. I love that. Let's end on that beautiful note. I know you have beers at Burning Beard to go. Get little shout out to Burning Beard. Say hi to all the San Diego crew. Leanna, it was a delight to chat with you as per usual. Always. Love you. This in a different format as opposed to on the trails or on the road. <laughs> yes. Next time. Bye. 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 Bye.